So I come from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and at our airport, we are famous for this. We have this huge, big rug, a big circular rug, and it's called the hug rug. And it says it in big white letters. It's a blue rug, and it says hug rug. And they've positioned it at the bottom of the escalators where you come down through the arrival department. And you can't get past people, usually, unless you uh, go through the hug rug. Because we position ourselves there, and we wait for you. you know? <laughs> Here we are, whether you want to hug us or not. And even if we don't want to hug you, we still do. Because our reputation as a friendly city depends on it. And during COVID... The hug rug, of course, disappeared for, for a long time, as did the flights and, and all that kind of thing, but it was celebrated when it came back. So hugs are in again, and that's why I was volunteering Stephen, not you, our Stephen, to join the team. I'm sure he's willing to drive down from, where is it? That place. He's Suffolk <laughs> to join the team. It's really good to hear all of what God's been doing and I also didn't want to stop worshiping the Lord because of the presence of the Lord that was so significant and so resting on that sort of spontaneous kind of worship at the end but but during the worship as well you oh look cuddles see hug rugs anyway during the worship I don't know I know that some of you were not engaged because I could feel it in my heart. I have a pain. It's still a little bit there. And I felt the Lord say, I'm going to come and clutch the hearts of some of you here today. And I'm going to pierce your hearts. And I'm going to blow through your arteries because there needs to come an unplugging of your arteries because you're not able to sense my presence in the way I want you to sense it. So... That's not a condemnation. That is a declaration of the heart of the Father, the love of God that wants you to be able to um, engage in worship at that level and to get over yourself. He needs to free up your heart, to clean out the arteries, to move, remove the, the areas that are, are hardened and plugged. And he'll do that with his breath, with the breath of his spirit. But at the same time, I was, I went, I saw something begin to happen in the room and, and then I went looking for oil, for anointing oil, because the Spirit of God began to instruct me and I saw the angels begin to come into this room and they were coming down to the front and surrounding uh, Andy and Jane and they were carrying towels. They are here right now. And they were carrying towels and, and I asked what they were here for, and they're here to wash the feet of Andy and Jane. And even as we've been worshiping and as you've been testifying, the angels have come to them and have begun to wash their feet. Because 10 years is a significant time. It's an epoch of time. And when you are leaders. And, and I hear, I heard people today, thank you for trusting me. Thank you for being there. You don't realize, unless you're a leader, when you entrust someone with God, what God has given you to, to, to manage, you don't realize that even though you may do it joyfully, it is a very difficult thing because you're trusting someone with your reputation, with your life's work, all of that kind of stuff. And you pick up dust on your feet. 
when you're a leader because you just keep going you keep going when it's difficult you keep going when it's easy and the lord has come and said and sent his angels to wash your feet to wash your feet to prepare you for what he's going to do next and what he's going to use you for next because he doesn't want you carrying anything from this past season into the next into the next and he's also asked me to anoint you with oil and to remove the old mantle that you have been carrying from you and I'm going to ask Heather because she's also a member of the British Isles Council of Prophets and we can do this with the authority that God's given us in the nation we're going to remove the mantle that you've been wearing up to this point and we're going to remantle you in the name of Jesus for what is coming is that okay and we're going to use oil someone kindly went to the shops because we had a big look through your cupboards and through your boxes and we could not find any anointing oil in the house now there's a big bottle somewhere right it's in the bag you did she had it in her bag all along that's okay this is from billericke this is billericke oil yeah yeah, yeah. So first, I'm just going to pray for the removal of what has been. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just take the authority that you have placed in us as prophets in the nation, and we thank you for this time, for this 10 years, for this measure of time that in which you have established this place, Father, and you have marked it, and you have established it, you have given it favor, Father, even things that were birthed outside of favor, that were birthed in difficulty, you have taken hold of them and you have established them. And we give you thanks for that. But we know that when seasons change, that you change what you give us. And the old mantle isn't enough for what is to come. And so we break it off right now. We take it off in the name of Jesus. We thank you. It served its purpose. It served its purpose. It served its purpose. And we ask for a renewed mindset, a shift now in Jesus' name into the new, into the new, into the new. And we thank you that now you place on their backs new clothing for the new season, a new mantle for the new season. It even feels like, you know, when you buy children their school uniform and, and these parents go and buy uniforms that are far too big, and I always think it's utter nonsense, but <laughs> you see these kids with mantles that are too big. Right now the mantle that God is putting on you is too big, yes. but he says you will grow, you will grow, you will grow, for even now I am changing your shape in the spirit. I am changing your shape. Do you not feel my breath entering you now? Do you not feel me enlarging? Do you not feel my strength coming into you, says God? And I tell you, you will stretch, you will grow, your shape will change, and the mantle will fit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we bind it around their necks. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we loose them from having to minister with any strings attached. 
in Jesus' name, we cut off any strings that would want to pull them and cut off their voice and cause them to bow to something lesser than what you intend for them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes. And we anoint you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry if it ruins your clothes. I hope it doesn't. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We anoint you for service for this next epoch of time. All change, all change, all change. That's right. Yeah, um, the Spirit of the Lord says that you have been faithful for a generation. Yeah. That you've been faithful for a generation in this place, and the Lord is taking you to a new generation in this place. There is a new work for you to do in this place. And and um, even as you were standing at the front before and right at the beginning of the service, the Spirit of the Lord says you have slimmed down in order to be able to take on the new. And this new mantle that he's putting on you at the moment is... It's huge, but actually, and, and, and I saw it on you, and, and, and actually he says that you will fill it, but you will actually fill it quite quickly because of your faithfulness over the last generation. And mm. he's expanding you, and he's expanding you both. And, and um, Jane, he's, he's put such a spark inside of you yeah. that just... Um, ignites things and the Lord says more fire over you today more fire that spark is just going to grow and it's going to ignite and there are going to be new things that you're going to ignite and you're going to grow in this season and the Lord says this is time for next generation for you both next generation for you both yes we yes 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 Yeah. I just break off you every judgment that's been put over yes. you right now in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and even things that you put on yourself, mm. <laughs> you just break off every um, all containment that you've put over yourself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yes, and the Spirit of the Lord says that you are going to look different. Things around you are going to look different. You are going to sound different, and you will hear things differently, and things are going to move in a different way, and you will notice that change, but you will run after it. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I am strengthening your legs to run. Even when you think you're getting older and tired, I, the Lord your God, am strengthening your legs to run. And you will run with the young ones, says God. You will run with the young ones. And you will say to them, this is the way, walk in it. And you will set a standard for them that is bright and shining and pure and clear. And they will not be able to resist it because it will be established in my righteousness, says God. And the Spirit of the Lord also says, I'm setting um, trumpets to your mouth. I'm setting trumpets to your mouth. And I am going to enlarge um, your... Oh, how do I say it? I see where your voice has gone to this point. It's going to go further. It's like a megaphone, but it's a trumpet. That's the confusion there. It's, 
It is like a megaphone, but it isn't. It's a trumpet because it's a supernatural sound that God is giving you. It's not your own sound that's going to be enlarged. It's the sound of the spirit that is within you. It's the sound of the cry of your heart that is within you. And it's going to be released in the spirit and, and move over the county, move over this region. It's going to move, move, move. And it's going to move mountains. And people will begin to come to this place. And God is going to begin to use it in a different way. That the anointing of a hub is coming on you mm-hmm. in a far greater way, in a far greater way. And you're going to need to pull people in to manage this uh, because it is, is too much for yourselves. But the Spirit of God who's been faithful to you to this point will continue in that way. Yes. And you, you, you have held ground, says, says the Lord. You have held ground. And because of that, yeah, because of your faithfulness, yes. he, he enlarges your territory. Yeah. And the Lord says that he's bringing people, he, as he has done, he's bringing people to this place and to you. Because they come here and are not quite able to access him and are not quite able to reach him because they don't know how and they've got lost somehow on the way. Yeah. But the Lord says he will continue to bring them. He will bring them in greater measure because once they come to you, you have. A, he has given you the, uh, the supernatural ability, the sovereign ability to be able to set them on the right track and to do it with ease. <laughs> so the Lord says he's going to increase that in you. Yes. Just begin to pray in the spirit. The presence of the Lord is more precious than anything we have. His presence. And we want to do things His way. And we don't want things to be as they've been before or as usual. And the Spirit of the Lord says, silence is going to become a valuable weapon for you in the days ahead. For my people have long made noise, but they do not know what to do with silence. And I am going to still you as my people, as you take time to sit before me in silence and truly hear my voice for yourself. And I am going to remove from your midst the urge to jump up and to do something. And I am going to teach you how to be in my presence. And I'm going to teach you how to value silence. So last week I was speaking in Colchester and one of the sessions that they had at this conference that where I was <clears throat> was that they had a panel. They had a panel 
And that panel, were dis- they were discussing the spiritual disciplines. And, you know, they, they went through them all, and I just thought, yeah, but they're missing silence. No one's talking about silence, you know. And, and, and so I spoke up, <laughs> as I tend to do. Not that I was on the panel. I wasn't. I just invited myself into the panel. And I said, silence. God wants us to, to, to discipline ourselves to come into his presence in silence. Not through the words that someone else is singing. Not even through our own speaking in tongues or anything like that. But just a willingness to come and to be silent. Not to empty your mind of all things as they do in new age. But to allow the living word of God that is within you to begin to bubble up without you feeling that you have to ask God for something and without you feeling you have to do anything just to let the word of God come alive in you as it does when you are silent and you're not interfering with the work of the spirit. It's a discipline that we are going to need in the years ahead when things are difficult. So there's all sorts of spiritual disciplines and as charismatic type people or people who have come through this kind of church, we're not good at discipline. We want freedom without responsibility. But the Lord is saying, you can't have that. My freedom comes with responsibility. And so we need to begin to train ourselves in some of the things of God that we've maybe thought we were better than that we didn't need. How many of you have sort of said, oh yeah, I've been there and done that? I've said it. In Canada, we had this incredible renewal in the 90s. And then at some point, all of us became so proud and we said, well, we've been there and we've done that and we don't need that anymore. And we lost all sorts of things that God wanted us to to operate in and to, to, to be involved in. So we don't get to say, oh, that's not for me when it comes to these disciplines of spiritual disciplines. We just get to say, okay, God, I won't argue with you. I may not like it, but you obviously think that I need to, to know this and I need to learn this. And I believe that in this house, God is going to establish people of the word, people of worship, people of prayer, and also a contemplative vein. All of it. So it used to be you would go for this to this church if you wanted to be silent. And you would go for this church if you wanted to be happy clappy. And if you wanted healing, you would go over there. But when the winds of the Spirit of God begin to blow in the way that he wants them to, to create that vortex that we all get caught up in, the north, the south, the east, and the west winds, he brings us into a place where all of these things are working together. And that is the job of a mature church. And you are coming into a season of maturity as a church, and the winds of the Spirit of God are going to begin to blow in this way bringing all of these things into one place so that 
You're not divided, and we don't have these specialist churches. Because that's not how it's supposed to be. That means you have to get used to the person beside you who's too happy-clappy for you. And you have to quit judging them. That means you have to get used to the person who loves to sit quietly. Now, some sit quietly in rebellion. Believe me, I know that, because I've done that. But the one who wants to sit quietly because he's communing with the presence of God, with the word of God within him or her, you have to quit judging them. And you have to quit judging the one who always wants to heal everything and everyone all the time. (laughs) That's how it works. That's how God brings us into oneness. All of it, all of the time, all together. That's how it works. Now I'm going to bring you a scripture and say a few things about a scripture that actually I've spoke, I'm sure I've spoken it here before. But the Lord brought me back to it and said, you got to say this scripture again because it is a word for this church that they've had from the beginning and actually it needs to come with them into the next epoch of time. Now God doesn't always do that because some things you have to let go of in order to come into your your new thing, like the mantle that has changed over your leaders now. And so with that mantle went a whole bunch of things that they're only going to find out in the days ahead as they unpack what on earth did she do or what did those prophets do to us now, you know. Well, actually it was God, but, you know, we encouraged him. (laughs) They're only going to find out what those things are that they need to let go of in the days ahead. But there are some things that stay with us forever. You know, like some of us have life verses. Who has a life verse? Anyone? One person. Two. Three. Four. Five. Yeah. Some people have life verses. Some people are given verses in the Netherlands when I lived there. This was a big deal. When you got married, the priest or the minister would give you a verse. And you took that verse with you through your marriage. That was your, your verse. And that's, this is what I feel the Lord is saying um, about this portion of scripture for you guys. Is that it's a life verse. It's a life portion of scripture. And it's full of promises. But it's also got some pretty strong conditions. And I have no doubt in my mind after I've, you know, been involved a little bit here in this church and with, with you guys, I have no doubt in my mind that God wants for you all to prosper together and that you would prosper spiritually. And I'm not talking about, you know, having tons of money, although that would be wonderful because think of what you could do, right? Um, But I'm talking about just prospering in everything you set your hand to, that there would be blessing attached to the outreach of your hand. I know that God is doing that. And I know that he commands us and gives us conditions. And we need to pay attention to them. And he gives us these kind of verses and calls us back to them again and again because he doesn't want us to forget his design for us. So we can change shape 
but we don't change his design. So, you know, how we fill up that space changes and it ebbs and flows with whatever God is doing. Um, but we do not change his design. And his design is clearly laid out, I believe, in this psalm for all of you and for Revival Church. And that is Psalm 1. So we're going to read it. And this microphone is very sticky because I'm covered with oil. (laughs) And it's not that supernatural kind that people brag about and say, oh, look, I have oil on my hands. (laughs) Not at all. Okay, this is is a psalm about the, the way of the righteous and the way... Uh, of the wicked. Both are different. So I'm going to read it. It says this, blessed is the man, the human being, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree, planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that drives the wind that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So let's break this down a little bit. First of all, it tells us what the righteous man will not do. And you know, we have invented a faith that is devoid of instruction. But God is very, very clear through the psalmist here. The blessing of God comes on the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So ungodly people do have their own form of wisdom and counsel. Nor stands in the path of the sinners. In other words, you walk a different way, a way that is clearly different and easily seen that you are different nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now the word blessing there in the original language means that you live a life of happiness and contentment. And that is the desire of God for each one who knows him. Whether we have difficult circumstances or whether um, things are going easy for us. That we are happy and we are content. Sounds more religious, doesn't it? And holy if you say blessed. Especially in this culture, we go around, bless you, bless you, bless you. And what we're really saying is, I wish you happiness, I wish you contentment, you know? But this this is talking about um, the contentment that comes in life when you choose to walk or live as someone who wants to be righteous, like be right with God. That's what righteousness is. When we talk about the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, it means we have right standing with God. And there's a contentment that comes with that. 
And the righteous, um, that means if you've chosen to live in that form of integrity, you will have the blessing of God on your life and you will have contentment and happiness. That is your inheritance. And that's what God wants for all of us. So it's something that is available to every single person. It has nothing to do with your status in life. It has nothing to do with if you're rich or you're poor. You know, if you have or you have not. If you're grumbling because you have not, or you're grumbling for any reason, then you're not walking in the blessing of God. You're not walking in the path that you are called to walk in. Because the scriptures say, blessed and happy is the man that does that, walks in righteousness. And God is saying to this church, make sure, make sure, make sure that you do not allow the counsel of the ungodly to come through your doors. Do not sell out. There is nothing too hard for the king of kings. Do not point people to the counsel of the ungodly. Because their answer is with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It may be difficult to get there. But there is an answer. He has a solution. Be careful not to stand in the ways of sinners. Don't adjust your standards so that people won't think you're so weird or so religious. The world is crying out for a standard to be set once again by the people of God. I had a guy on our mentoring program one time from Australia And he said to me, um, thank you, Rebecca, for saying, telling us these absolutes. And he said, nobody speaks to us young people like that anymore. And someone had said the same thing to me a few days beforehand. And that's what God is saying to you as a church. Set the absolutes. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't stand in the path of the sinners. To make yourself feel more trendy and acceptable. It will never work. And don't sit in the seat of the scornful. I'm being very aware of time and I'm, I want to get to this scornful business. Scornful people mock everything. And you can say to me, oh, that's part of our culture this dry humor, this mockery thing that we have. It is demonic. They especially love to mock the church. People who have been sitting in the seat of the scornful will mock the church. They will say wicked things about the church. They will spend their time watching programs on television that mock the church. And soon, before they even know it, they're laughing at that kind of thing And they're sitting in the seat of the scornful. God is coming for that. It is sin. And he's assigning you as a church a standard of purity in that area that others around you will not have. And it's going to make some people in this congregation uncomfortable uncomfortable because it's going to feel like you're putting the law on them. But you're not. You're calling them to the design that God has for this place. And that's what you need to realize. God has a design. Yes, it's family. 
Yes, it's a place where you can bring your children and have them nurtured and loved and graced in the faith. But it is also going to become in the next time a place of standard setting. And it's going to happen in the house of God. It's going to happen in this house. Because the Spirit of the Lord is charging you to do that. To guard his purity. And your ability to be like that tree that is planted by the river of God is dependent on your obedience to his word. Because God's word to us, his designs are conditional on our heart attitude towards him and on our obedience and our willingness to take the stand. Now, I don't think in this church, for most people, that you, I don't think you find it difficult to be proud to follow Jesus, right? But if all of us are really honest, there are things attached to our faith life that we don't like. Now, if you were here the other day, um, you would have heard me talking about this person. I was talking about how we don't get to be weird. Because it blocks the, the message. It blocks the ears of the hearer. We can't get beyond a person's weirdness or whatever it is to hear the word of the Lord. And I gave an example of a person that I knew who used to take a ladder. I'll start laughing as I think about it again. And if I look at Stephen, I can't look at him because he'll laugh and then I'll laugh even louder because he knows who I'm talking about. But this person would bring a ladder to the center of town and climb up on the stairs of the ladder and just do and say strange things. And I would walk far away like this. So nobody would know that he was a Christian and I was a Christian. Because I didn't want to be associated with that kind of thing. But I should have recognized that he was my brother, even though I felt he was a little misguided in his expression of evangelism. You know, he was still my brother. I can remember living in The Hague, and there was this worship band that would go on a certain corner in the city. And they were very, very old-fashioned. And I used to think, oh, my Lord, like, seriously? And again, I would walk far away on the other side of the street in case any of those Christians would see me and go, you're one of us. I was just like Peter. God's calling time on that kind of behavior. He's not going to allow it anymore. We are one. And as believers, we have been guilty of bringing division into the nation because we've allowed these things to divide us in the household of God. The judgments we make against one another, all of these things, and we need to repent of that. God is going to raise up this house to be a people who are expressive in their love of Jesus. And sometimes it's going to look and feel uncomfortable for you. But God's saying, stick with it and stick with your brother and sister. And learn to love them and learn to support them and encourage them. Because they are going to pick up derision from people on the streets anyway. They don't need it from us. So in this house, the delight is going to be 
in the word of God, in the law of the Lord. And you're going to be people who meditate on that word night and day, just like the scriptures say. And it's going to birth in you love for his church, love for his people that you're not able to muster up on your own because you're embarrassed. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm the only one that was embarrassed of that kind of stuff in this house. I'm sure none of you <laughs> have ever had that problem, right? Only me. Again, I just want to say that when I talk about meditating on the word of the Lord, I'm not talking about new age meditation where you empty yourself or where you pull in things from this religion and that religion. There is one God. There is one way to him and he is truth, and it's his word in us and his presence in us that we meditate on when we're silent, when we engage. And so God is saying, come on, you guys, I want you to bring that into your life, this silent part, this meditation part, which choose on the word of God. And even just in your thought, says to the Lord, I don't understand this, but it's your word. And will you let it do a work in me? Will you let it change me? That's what God has for this house. And then, when all of these conditions are met, he says, then you'll be like a tree. Then you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That is the design of God for you. And he wants you to be seen. He wants you to flourish. He wants everything that you set your heart to come as fruit from that relationship that you have with him where your roots go down deep into the river, to the water that he has planted you by or in. And he is going to move you from where you have been planted and put you in a place where the waters are running so deep that at times they will push against you and you f you'll feel as if they are going to take you away. But they will not. Because you'll be rooted in the word by your obedience, by your acceptance of what God has called you to. You will be a tree planted by the water, and you will be marked by the strength and the stability that that kind of tree has. You will be known in the region as being a strong presence, a fruitful presence. You are not weak because he is within you. His strength is made perfect in your human weakness, and so you don't get to go around saying, oh, I'm just so weak and I can't do this and blah, blah, blah. No, the word of the Lord is that as you are planted through obedience by the river of God, you will be strong and you will be strong because you've chosen the way of righteousness. And there is no other design for you here. Now, some of you might say, yeah, well, the ungodly, it seems that they're better off than I am. And that's true, maybe for a season. But if you live 
according to the word of the Lord, you will be happy, you will be content, and they won't have that. This is, that's a spiritual state of bliss, of blessing that God wants to bring you. And they have a dangerous future. As we, you know, we know that. And he wants us firm in the understanding that the way of the righteous will prosper and the way of the ungodly is not for us, that it will bring destruction. And so God is saying to this house, get ready because I am going to deepen the way you do things in my presence. I am changing. We talked a little bit about this at the yesterday morning, I guess it was, and I saw the, I forget the name again. Hey, no, not the cloisters. I saw the, the water thing being lifted up. The lock being lifted and the flow of the spirit coming in greater depth and with much more force. And that's how God is going to begin to move and he's going to shift the way things are right now. And I'm not at all saying they're bad, but all of us want more, right? We want more of God. I hope you do. And if God has been doing surgery in your heart and blowing out the arteries, even as we've been ministering today, um, then you are going to begin to feel, actually physically feel, a hunger and a longing for more of God. And you're going to become dissatisfied with the status quo, and you're going to become dissatisfied with your own life before God. Ha! And that's something that God can work with. That is what he can work with. But complacency, he cannot work with complacency and so his word to us all is that we are to wake up we are to wake up now you may feel that you're doing pretty well but the word is still to wake up god has more things for us to become aware of more things for us to to allow him to change so that we can be exactly this people who are walking in the blessing of God in the way of the righteous. That's what he wants for each one of us. So again, I'm going to just scroll back here and find those conditions. I know I'm a person who loves the conditions. (laughs) Because you know what? We've, We've done it so backwards in our particular faith expression. We, you know, we just talk about the blessing. We talk about the goodness. We talk about prosperity. We say, I know the plans I have for you for good, to prosper you, you know, and all of that stuff. But we forget the conditions before that happens, which are that you live well in the land of your exile. And you get married there, and you buy houses, and you build businesses. You live well in the place where you feel uncomfortable. Then... God set things into motion and that promise becomes something that's absolutely real for us. And so I'm trying to show you this morning that yes, there's blessing, but yes, there's also responsibility. And God is calling his church in the British Isles into maturity. He's fed up with our our national pastime of complaint 
It's not even funny. I know you're laughing. I laugh at it too. But he is deadly serious about what we've allowed into this nation with our national pastime of bitching and complaining, excuse me, about everything. Everything. And he says, if you want to be people who speak my words, you get that garbage out of your mouth. But even more than that, you get it out of your heart. Because it's out of the heart that the man speaks. You give yourself away. I give myself away every time I open my mouth about what's really inside of me on my heart, in my heart. And so God is dealing with us as a church. He's giving you a new um, breath on this psalm. He's giving you a new mantle to walk in it, and he's calling the church to walk with you, to choose to walk with your leaders into this next time. And this is the map for you, Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man, blessed is the church who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the church who does not stand in the way of sinners. There's no compromise. Blessed is the church that does not sit in the seat of the scornful. And as we receive that um, challenge, the Spirit of the Lord is going to meet you where you give God your yes. If you're sitting there and saying, well, you know, that's something to think about, it is true. But at some point, you're going to have to say yes or no to God on these things. And if you want to be an effective leader in this place, and I'm talking not just about um, Jane and Andy, I'm talking like a leading church in the region, you're going to have to adhere to the word of the Lord and not deviate from the instruction that comes from his mouth. Not deviate at all. And it will produce the fruit of righteousness in its season, which is what we all want, right? It's what we all want. So we celebrate and give thanks for 10 years to God with with his goodness and his grace and all that he has done for us. Look at your own life. Remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. Don't ever forget that. Remember where you came from and how far he's brought you. But that's just the beginning of the journey. Now, you know, we've, we've put the last 10 years now become history, your story. And now we're starting into the next 10 And it's our choice if we're going to do it by the word of the Lord or if we're going to do it by our good ideas, which may produce laughter and fun, but they'll fall flat because they're not according to the design of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yeah.